0: He is greater, Jesus Christ. He is our king. He is our hope. He is heir of all things. He purifies us from sin. We have life eternal because of him. He is our great God. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. Great to be celebrating with you. As Summit Point Church, we rally together. Man, it is always about Jesus Christ. We have to lift him up with all we've got. May he get all the glory. And all of God's people said, amen, Amen, man. Don't miss it. That's why we're here. It's the one reason we exist to make much of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, I've heard it said several times today, but we're actually at our 15th anniversary weekend if you will. Kind of somewhere around the end of September each year we try to celebrate our anniversary. So it's been 15 years up till now and it's amazing what God's been doing as we've been walking through it. So we're actually going to stay in the series. We're going to be walking in the book of Hebrews. We're going into chapter 3 today and it just fits so well with it actually being our anniversary weekend. Love how God kind of wraps those details together so we're we're able to celebrate the church that he is building, that he takes such intentionality in going after it all together, and it's all about Jesus Christ. So we're going to be walking through that, making some references to some of what God's been doing in this church along the way, but so thankful for all that God is. He is greater. Everybody just say, he's greater. He's greater. Yeah, louder, bigger. Dude, He is greater. May we worship him and celebrate him and with all we've got. So turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Hebrews chapter 3, and we'll start in verse 1 there as we get going. Point number one, worship Jesus in all his greatness and humility. Worship Jesus in all of his greatness and humility. May we worship, may we bring everything we have to the foot of the cross. May we worship him in his greatness and and then how he steps down in his humility. That combination is a stunning, powerful combination from our God. May we worship him in both his loftiness and his humility along the way. So let's get started here in verse 1. It says, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. And we'll just hold right there. He starts out, Therefore, and when we see the therefore, we say, What's it there for? What is it? What's its purpose? What's it connecting back to? And so this is connecting back to all of chapter two, really. So, since we are called children of God, since we are literally being able to be in the family of God now, since we are adopted in by the work of the Spirit, since we are literally now sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. Since you can now be declared a son or a daughter, you actually can also declare Jesus to be your big brother. Jesus Christ, your big brother. We talked about that last week at length with the passage, and, you know, I just got to be honest, I always cringe just a pinch when I'm saying that. It feels just slightly too disrespectful. Don't lose sight of it. We have a privilege of calling him brother, but he is the God of the universe, And the privileges that we get entered into that family in any way, shape, or form. May God get all the glory. Praise God, we are sons, we are daughters. Jesus being related in family, we have been adopted in. We have a home, we can be called children of God and most important of all. And Jesus is our substitute who pays what we owe, allowing us to have a hope that will last for all eternity. We have hope in Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen. Therefore, like because of all that, therefore, he says, holy brothers. I love that he's talking about the fact that we could be called children of God, that we get adopted into the family. So the first thing he calls them by is family. You are my brothers. But he doesn't just say brothers. He says, holy brothers. Like God is doing a work that made this happen. You are set apart. You are unique in every way because of what God is doing. You, if you have trusted Christ, if you are saved, you are a holy brother or sister. Jesus doing a work in your life that will last forever. And so the privilege is now we are family and we can call each other holy brother and sister. What a sweet connection. He's like, therefore, because we have that, I'm calling you it, holy brothers. And he brings this name out for him. He says, you who share in a heavenly calling, he's like, let's make clear what privilege we have if we are in the family of God. You who share in a heavenly calling, you have this eternal value, this great, sweet, powerful, life-changing purpose that will last forever as you roar into heaven with the privilege of celebrating your God forever. The share in a heavenly calling, it's a future hope with no more pain. No more sorrow, no more heartache. You are on your way to a heaven that will be so satisfying, so joy-inspiring. Your God forever, a heavenly calling. You are family going home to be with Jesus forever. If you have trusted Christ, if you are saved, what a privilege. It's like therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling. Now this is maybe the two most powerful words in this book, even it says, "Consider Jesus. Consider Jesus." Now, the word "consider" for us in our English language maybe it waters it down too much, to be honest. You know, when we talk about it, we're like, "Oh, eh, consider that." You know, we say the word and it sounds kind of light. Yeah, consider it, or you know, yeah, consider this. And all we really mean is, you know, think about it. And that's great. It catches the gist of it. The word isn't the wrong word. But just so you know, the original language word says something way deeper on it. It's actually two words put together. And the first word says, deep down in. And then the next word says, think on it. Think on it in a depth. It's like this intensified word. Make sure you are getting after a deep, deep deep thinking of Jesus. Make sure you grasp who he is. Make sure you grasp how he lives. Make sure you grasp how he has lived his life out in front of us. That his greatness and his humility get put on full display. Contemplate the depths and the massiveness of Jesus Christ. Spend time with him. And I'm telling you, you can't think deeply of Jesus if you're just trying to do it separate from Jesus. Spend time with Jesus Christ. Spend time hearing from him, knowing of him, working through who he is. This is really a check him out. Be in awe of who he is. Consider Jesus. Think deeply about all that he is. He says, consider Jesus. And then he gives us some explanation of what he's talking about. The apostle and high priest of our confession. He gives us two focus pieces that he's like, be stunned with this. The apostle and high priest. Apostle is a word that means builder, leader, shaper, like the first one to go out and make it happen. A builder of it is really the calling of the word apostle. Jesus is an apostle of your confession. In other words, you would have no ability to declare a trust in Jesus Christ if he did not first author to you an offering up of going to the cross, dying for you and rising again. He is building your very heart change, your life change. Your confession of hope is Jesus at work in you. Praise be to God. He is the apostle Of your faith. That is an amazing privilege to be able to say the reason that I trust in Christ is because of the work he's done building into my life. What a privilege. Apostle. But more than an apostle of our confession, it says he is also the high priest of our confession. High priest. Like he is literally the substitute. He recognizes the pain and penalty of our sin and he steps in to cover what we owe. He takes our sin and our penalty on himself. He becomes our substitute. And he steps in as high priest saying, I am covering this sin. I am calling this one holy. And he then gets to be the one to say, and I am bringing them home to heaven. Praise be to God. Apostle and high priest, your Jesus. Substituting what you owe... And all the sin you've gone through, all the attitudes that were wrong, all the actions that were wrong, all the words that were wrong. And he took all that penalty on himself for you. Consider Jesus. Worship big, the God who has provided us such privilege. You know, as I was thinking through this opening to this passage, I just wrote some words down. I wrote, uh, without him, we have nothing. And with him, we have nothing everything. Without him, we have nothing. With him, we have everything. You know, all too often we get so used to kind of congratulating ourselves, you know? Like things go well and we're like, do you see what I've accomplished? Like you don't actually say that. That sounds kind of arrogant. But inside you're thinking, look at what I've accomplished. Like, do you see? Can you check this out? Like this went well when I, all too often we are so happy to praise ourselves. Know this man. Without Jesus Christ, we fall apart. We have nothing. His existence holds us together. I can't even breathe my next breath without Jesus Christ. He is everything. Without him, I have nothing. With him, Jesus Christ, he is my king and my everything. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, and don't miss it, he is Our hope and our everything. It says, who was faithful to him who appointed him. Who was faithful. Everybody just say, that's Jesus. Right? Jesus being faithful to him who appointed him. Everybody just say, that's God the Father. Right, so God the Son being faithful to God the Father and Jesus faithful in all facets. Like we totally get, right? You think about the cross, the faithfulness that he knew he was going to go to suffer for you and me and chose willingly to go. God the Son in the midst of willingly saying, I am going as substitute, absolutely aware of the sin of you and me that he was going to be taking on himself, of the penalty that he would carry as he came into this world, as his flesh would be torn, his blood poured out, and him becoming a replacement spiritually for the debt we owe. He willingly knew and yet faithfully went. And so obvious when we talk about Jesus with the cross, but please hear me. Jesus was faithful in every single thing he did, no sin anywhere. Jesus, faithful in all, in every little thing, in every breath he breathed, in every word he said to another, in every action he brought in a moment, in every smile he shared with someone, in every hope he gave. When he was standing with the woman at the well and he began to share just the gentlest and kindest of words, in the smallest of pieces, faithful. Jesus Christ, faithful in loving and caring for us on the massive level and faithful on the small levels in every word and thought and action, never sinned. Jesus Christ, completely faithful. Man, what a huge privilege for us to grasp and understand that we can know that King. The one who was appointed by God the Father. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They brought together this plan of salvation and God the Father, His will over it. God the Son willingly submitting to it, knowing what was coming. And God the Holy Spirit going, do you see this? Check this out. Scripture's super clear. John 14 through 16. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is pointing to the glory and the greatness of Christ and his sacrifice. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit pouring together to make salvation. So that our confession can bring hope forever. And that's God at work in our lives. He was faithful to him who appointed him. And then he says, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. Now, for all of us who maybe aren't Jewish or don't have much uh, Jewish background in any of our study or understanding, does this not feel like a total topic change? Like he says, who are, who's greater than Moses? I mean, I think our first answer would be, duh. Like, of course he's greater than just some created man, but that's because we've already got the proper understanding of who Jesus Christ is. Can you imagine the Jewish people who understood Moses to be this great prophet, this revealer of the Old Testament law, this revealer and builder of the tabernacle where God revealed his presence regularly while they were in the wilderness. Moses was the one who led it out. And they were like, Moses, clearly God has worked through him. And the author of Hebrews is like, for all of you who are Jewish, let me make this clear. Moses Jesus way above. If you're thinking of Moses as an awesome prophet, get this. He only brought in the shadows of the things that were pointing forward to Jesus Christ, who is the very substance. Moses was working with the shadows, looking forward to Jesus, who is what it was all about. Jesus is well greater than Moses. In fact, Jesus created Moses. Jesus, greater than all of what was going on in the Old Testament as it is now fulfilled in him in the New Testament. Praise be to God. In this huge moment of sacrifice and obedience and being able to draw many to the Father, yes, Moses had that role and Jesus way above as his last for all eternity. Praise be to God. Jesus Christ, he is greater. Everybody just say, he is greater. He is, he is and he's faithful in every measure. And you know, I, I love the challenge to be able to consider all of that. You know, this challenge from this passage. Consider this. Like, think deeply about who Jesus is in this world, in your life. Think deeply of the vastness and the massiveness of the cross. yes. And think deeply about every little word he said in every moment as he talked to the disciples or to the families, to the women, as he was sharing hope along the way, Jesus faithful in the littlest and faithful in the massive. You know, as I was looking this past week for an illustrator, I ran across the story, a pastor who was talking to leaders. And as he was talking to him, he was like, you need to understand the value and the call we have to be faithful in our leadership, in our following of Jesus Christ. He said, but here's the deal. So many of you are considering it like trying to find that spot Where you're going after being faithful in the massive. And you know, in our society today, the 20s, the 30s, if you're in that age range, like your generation is big on looking for the, what can I do that's massive, that's huge, that's impactful, looking to make a giant impact for Jesus or whatever, and so not wrong to be going after making a massive impact for Jesus Christ. That's awesome. So as the leader began, or as the pastor began to speak to these leaders, he said, listen, here's the challenge. It's like you've been given a $1,000 and said, make sure you glorify God with this. And you're all looking for that thing you could go after to spend the whole $1,000 on to be able to glorify Him with all you've got. You're looking for that big spend somewhere. But God is actually asking you to go to the bank with that $1,000 and get it broken down into quarters and to spend 25 cents at a time, faithfully for your God. 50 cents at a time, faithfully for your King. In every little word you say, in every little action you have, in every little moment you come alongside of another to care about them, 25 cents at a time, faithful. Man, God is not calling us to just look for the one big thing. May we faithfully walk with Him daily. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, it's a huge call, man. And so how are you doing at worshiping Jesus Christ in your faithfulness? How are you doing at spending 25 cents at a time? And maybe you need to be faithful in your family at home where you're learning to be more kind and gentle with words or tone. Maybe you're needing to care more and provide more in some way to your spouse or to your kids. Where your home becomes a place where faithfulness is being raised up one little bit at a time. Or maybe it's in the workplace as you're working with people and times can get tough and just words you can say and challenges you can bring that you could point to Jesus Christ one quarter at a time. Being able to make much of Christ along the way. However God is calling you, wherever God is calling you. Man, are you ready to be faithful because you know the one who is faithful in the little and the massive. May God get all the glory and all of gets people sad. Amen, man. Huge call. Point number two, celebrate Jesus as greater than Moses and the one who built us together as his house. Celebrate Jesus as greater than Moses and the one who built us together as his house. It says, for Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. And uh, again, just like we were saying, he's trying to make it clear. Moses was but pointing to shadows and those shadows were pointing forward to Jesus Christ. Jesus is the substance. Moses was working with what was pointing forward. Jesus is what was being pointed forward to And so, yes, Jesus is counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Absolutely. And then it says, as much more glory. Everybody just say, he is greater. Right? As much more glory. Way over any created being in any way, shape, or form, Jesus is greater. As much more glory. And then it says, as a builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. I I love this statement. The Hebrew author just often gets very pragmatic and very real, right? He's like, like a builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. And uh, you know, in our Subdivision. We have a couple of houses that are being built. There's not a lot of houses being built right now with what's going on price-wise and all, but there's a few houses that get built, and we have one or two that have gone up, and, and as they go up, you know, we're walking down the street. These houses that have gone up, I mean, they're nicer houses. Like, these guys have a little bit of money to be able to spend, and they're going into it, and as we're walking down the street, you are, it's like you're walking down this model home row, you know? These gorgeous big homes, this huge plate glass stuff. They're going after this huge design and you're like a little bit in awe of the front design of the house and this back pool and how huge that space is and how nice it looks and they're doing such a nice job and he's like, don't be so enamored with the house you forget who actually designed it and built it. And he's like, listen, make sure you grasp this. Don't ever walk into the church and look around 15 years and all that God has been doing and be like, look at this church and all of a sudden start trying to celebrate the thing May we celebrate the builder behind the church. His name is Jesus Christ. May we lift up the God who has done life after life massive healing work, people saved, lives transformed, this place on fire because of Jesus Christ. We don't celebrate the place. We celebrate the God who has built the place. And all of God's people said, amen, man, it's a huge deal. What a sweet, sweet power and privilege to make sure we clearly see Jesus is the builder and that we get to literally be honoring him. It says, for every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. I love this statement. Uh, For every house is built by, I don't know, someone. Like just kind of vague along the way, right? Every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. May we grasp this. God chooses to work with us and allow us to engage our hands and our feet in this world. That we can literally work and come alongside of. And that God does something over the top as he blesses in and gives insight along the way and protects along the way. And God is doing all the building. He allows us to engage in as human beings, but God's over it all. You know, we've used this illustrate before, but it's a lot like when you go to work in your garden and you invite your two-year-old to come help you. Like, it's not that much help, man. You could do better yourself. That's exactly where God is. He could do all of it himself. But he chooses us to invite us into the garden to work with him like a two-year-old. We get in the way a lot, but God's teaching us along the way. We have a privilege to be a part of it in a humble fashion. May God get all the glory. And may we truly grasp the privilege of God working both in human beings who are a part of it and God building over the top of it. And I was like, what kind of illustrate could we use that would best explain what it is that we as people do have some calling, but does God doing the building? What does it look like for us to be engaged, but have God over it all? And I don't know that there's a better illustrate than just going straight to this statement. Prayer. It's all about prayer. Prayer. When we go to prayer, you see people engaged who care about something happening, and as we go to go after it, we're saying, Lord, we give this to you. You're in charge. We're putting a vertical element in this horizontal responsibility. We're asking God to get all the glory as we go after it. So I just thought, uh, as we walk through our 15th anniversary weekend here, that maybe we could pull up a couple of from years back, and you could see a few prayer statements in a couple of pics. So let's throw this first slide up, and this gets a little bit of the point across. Over on the left there, that's actually all of us praying in what is now the parking lot. So this was back in 2010, and we rallied together, and we were all holding hands, and we were talking about, Lord God, we hand this space and place to you, May you do something massive. We long for you to do the work. That was an awesome day of celebrate. And then we went inside to the worship center. That's actually what that is, if you can't tell. No chairs, no carpet, and all of us just wrapped around the outside. And we held hands together, and we prayed for this space. That the Holy Spirit would move, maybe like never before. That God would do something amazing in hearts and lives, saving people, bringing them along, people getting baptized, that this room would be on fire because of God Almighty moving. It was a passionate day of prayer as we rallied together. Man, hear me. When you go after building the church, yes, we engage our hands and our feet, but God builds it all. And all of God's people said huge deal. Well, after we did some prayer time in here and out there, we ended up rallying together in the atrium. Let's throw the next slide up. And uh, we actually went out into the atrium and we chose to write verses and people's, families' names on the ground that we were praying for, that they might come to trust Christ as Savior, that they might even come to this place as their church home if God so provided. But Lord, we long for this family to come to know you. We had adults writing things down. That's thing on the right. Actually, some adults were all over the place in here, families everywhere. And then we also had some kids. I actually wanted to get that photo up because I don't know if you notice who that is. But that's Mac Holt on the left. That's my my son-in-law, and then uh, he's talking with Abby McGinnis. Steve McGinnis is one of the pastors here. That's his daughter. Actually, the one writing on the ground is Megan, my daughter, who married Mac years later. They had no idea at that time what was coming. <laughs> And then Alyssa is right there with, and Brandon Grusey, and Newt Holt standing right there all up front. Man, I'm telling you, we had the adults going and writing names and verses down, and their kids writing names and verses down. We had families on fire all over the place, and God is so blessed. We have seen so many of those families where their names are now carpeted over in that atrium and still there, where they have come to this church. They have come to know Christ, and God has moved powerfully. Man, and all of God's people said, amen, Amen, man, amen. It's a huge deal. Know this. We get engaged, but God's building it all. May we see him as the sweet, sweet builder of everything. He says, now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant. Moses was faithful. He was faithful to call people to who God was. He rallied them to this what would be called a shadow, a pointing forward of the things to come. And it actually now says that to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. Moses was pointing to what would be fulfilled in Jesus Christ the statements of law, the statement of Old Testament and the tabernacle, all those were but shadows pointing forward to the fulfillment in Christ of our hope forever. God with us and that we get to be with him in a powerful, powerful way. It says to testify of the things that were to be spoken later and Jesus spoke thunderously. May we grasp and hear that with all we've got. Consider Jesus the great thunderous speaker who brought hope and life for all of us. It says, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. Like Moses is just a created being, but Jesus is the son of God. He is the humble one who built this church, who builds the capital C church as he goes after working in each of our lives individually. Jesus, faithfully working in your heart. In your life, shaping and moving that you might grow along a path that God might truly get all the praise and honor and glory. Jesus Christ, he's more than a builder. He's the owner. He's the author. He's the perfecter. He's our hope forever. Jesus, he is the ultimate king of kings and Lord of lords. It says, and we are his house. Now, again, another thunderous statement. The first one, consider Jesus this one. And we are his house. Now, if you grew up in a little more traditional environment, maybe you got used to calling the building the house of God. And there's nothing wrong with that. God does meet us here, and we do have an experience with him. But I'm telling you this. This scripture is saying, and we are his house. And each of us, if you have trusted Christ as Savior, if you believe And Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. You confess him as Lord. If you're saved, you are the house of God Almighty. The Holy Spirit taking up residence within and doing something inside, one degree of glory at a time. You are the very presence of God in this world as he works in you and lives in you. You are the temple of God. You are the house of God. Man, this privilege is amazing That we get to be called the family and now we get to be called his house, the place where he will take up residence. God with you. He loves you and he's storming into your heart with a passionate hope of all of eternity. God is doing an amazing work in your life. Man, please hear me. Summit Point Church, we are about worshiping Jesus Christ as our hope as our king, as our almighty God. And as we go after seeing him as the builder, he is the architect, he is the authority, he is the one we worship, Jesus Christ. He gets all the privilege. And we have seen lives changed as people come to trust Christ as Savior. People get baptized. We've got lives all over the place, families all over the place where God is doing a huge work. May that continue on All for Jesus Christ. You know, as we walk through this, it's simple. He is our hope. We are His church. Called out for a purpose of pointing to the one who is faithful and glorious and grand. May it be all about Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen. I just thought it'd be great for us to close with seeing some images and some videos pieces over the last 15 years. So we put together a video for you and uh, just want you to be able to enjoy this as you're walking through. Just know there are pictures from way back, from when we met in Morton in the high school or when we were meeting in Embassy Suites down in East Peoria. There's people all over the place that have been a part of this church for the 15 years. Just enjoy this moment as you consider Jesus. Don't lose sight. As you're watching this video play, consider Jesus and all that he is doing in this place. May God get the glory and joy. Fifteen years. What an amazing journey we have been on with our eternal King. man, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Well, he has truly been building this church. And while we may have changed our name or maybe have moved a few worship locations along the years, we have been and always will be the same church, Summit Point Church, a place to belong, pursue, and experience our living God.
1: Hey. The house of the Lord, sing praise. Cause we were the blessed.
0: purpose and passion and amazing transformation. We have seen God's fingerprint all over this church, year after year for 15 years. God is truly at work. man. man. 15 years. It's been awesome to just see what God has been doing in so many different ways along the journey. And know this, Jesus Christ, he is the builder. While we get our hands invested and we have parts here and there, it is God who is doing the work. May we constantly bring him the praise. We have nine churches that have been planted so far. Praise God for that. We have 957 that have been baptized so far. And we've had over 1,300 already come to accept Christ. Man, God is at work in this place. And all of God's people said, amen, man, a huge deal. Don't miss it. We continue to go after him. May he get all the glory. God doing a work, one person at a time, one life at a time, one moment at a time, faithful through it all. And all of God's people said, amen. Let's pray.